want to say this as we start this. We're going to pray and then Pastor Evan's going to set us up. But guys, obedience is God's love language. There literally is nothing else we have to offer God. And I want us to get to the point that we think obedience is normal. And you know that song uh, Mary Mary used to sing, you don't love God, what's wrong with you? I want believers to get to the point that we're saying, you don't obey God, what's wrong with you? Mm. How could you, I put on my post as thinking about the notes and stuff. And I was thinking, how could you really say that you thank Jesus for dying on the cross? We talk about the cross. We talk about how he was beat. We talk about how there were nails in his hand, how he was pierced in his side, how he died. You grew up like me. He died all night Friday night. He died all day Saturday. He died all night Saturday night. And then early Sunday morning, he got up. How Reconcile for yourself as we do this teaching. Reconcile it for yourself. How could you say you love this Jesus you given your life to him, but he doesn't have the right to give you commands. Yeah. How could he not have the right to give you commands? See, because you're going to obey somebody right now in your this in your life. You're either obeying the lust of your flesh and the enemy, or you're obeying God. Jesus rescued us. Come on, can you say he's my rescuer? He rescued us. And then he comes along and he says, I want you to stay rescued. Here is how you stay rescued. Do the things I'm telling you to do. And I really do believe we need to level up on our expectation that obedience to God is the least that we can do. So that's my setup. Jesus is my rescuer. I want you to get your mind right. I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you because the truth of it is, is that there are many of you that you are suffering consequences, not because you're not born again and on your way to heaven, but because you practice disobedience. Mm. And these notes are so good. Babe, when I was reading the notes, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait until we teach this. So we're going to pray and we're going to get into it. But I really want you to set your your heart. Set your heart in this teaching that you're not just listening to this teaching to get you some key points that you can tell your kids or tell your husband or tell your friend. You're literally saying, I am pouring my life out to be obedient to God. And every place I'm not obedient, I am making a change today. I don't care how much it hurts me. I don't care how frustrated I am by it. He is worthy of my obedience. I love what they're saying in the comments. Make this confession right here. We're going to say this. We are anointed to teach you this word. And your response should be, I am anointed to receive it. Mm -hmm. So we are anointed to teach you this word. And your response is, I am anointed to receive it. Let's mm -hmm. pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you for being so incredibly good. You are so, so good to us. You redeemed us from destruction. You snatched us out of the pit, translated us out of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. And so we just come today to say thank you and to level up our obedience. In advance, we repent from every mindset that we have had that has made obedience optional, that has allowed us to treat your instructions, your commands, and your words as though it was a buffet and we could pick and choose the parts that we want. You are worthy of so much more. 
Holy Spirit, come and help us. Help us. You prune us. You correct. You instruct. Help us to grow in the area of obedience so that God may be glorified in every area of our life. Now, we declare that we are anointed to teach this and our partners and friends and visitors are anointed to hear it. And we will never be the same. You are worthy of our obedience in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Listen, you know, we spent what the last uh, really the week before Easter, we started talking about living the resurrected life. And then we went from there to talking about living a lifestyle of righteousness. All of that is to say that at the end of the day, we have to have a heart to obey God. A heart to obey God. And I was thinking about the scripture that you use that we used to say to our kids all the time, uh, which is where we'll start today, Isaiah 119, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because in that, it says something that I think is important. It says that if we be what? Willing, willing and obedient and obedient it says if you're both of those things not just obedient i think sometimes people think that somehow we've done god a favor by doing what god has said yeah. but when we talk about obedience in the next several weeks the thing i want us to really make sure that, that, that we're stressing is that obedience is about your heart yeah it's not about an act because if you just if you just do what god says from your will and not from your heart it's compliance, not obedience. That's good. It's compliance, not obedience. And he didn't say if you're compliant that you're going to eat the good of the land. Because when you're compliant, what you're typically looking to do is the bare minimum. Mm. You're looking to do whatever mm. you can do so that you can get a check mark in the box mm. so that it can be said that you've done what God told us to do. Mm. But what happens is we want God to give us his best. We want God to overflow and give us everything he's gotten, surprise us and wow us and wonder us. But then when it comes to walking out the things he's asked us to do, many times in our human condition, what we're looking to do is to give God the bare minimum. And so this scripture here really highlights for me, at least, that it's not just about doing what God said. It's about literally learning how to change my heart that I actually love what God said. Because you can do something and hate it at the same time. But God wants us to fall in love with his word to such a degree that when he tells us to do something, we have a heart change. That if, I was, that if I was looking to go left, but God says go right, now my heart has no desire to go left. So I can't be tempted to pull away with left because I heard the word of God say right, and I'm both willing and obedient. And when I do that, then I eat the good of the land. So, I love that. So, so I want listen. Let's make everybody. Let, let's make this confession, guys. I want you to make this confession because we know declarations matter, right? I want you to position yourself right now to say, "I choose to be willing and obedient to God." Mm. Willing and obedient, right? I love that part that you said. The title of this is "Obedience: The Key to God's Heart," and I love what you said that God is asking us. Not just to do acts as yeah. though we're robots. Yep. He is asking us to bring our heart. So literally, let's say that there's a job you really want. And God says, no, that's not the job. He is not asking you not to take the job and have a bad attitude. He is asking you to remember what he has done for you on the cross. And to remember that anyone who would make that sacrifice for you on the cross is not telling you not to take a job to be mean to you. It literally looks like this. You get an opportunity for your 
quote unquote dream job. Mm -hmm. God says, don't take the job. And what you do is begin to worship him and say, God, I thank you for rescuing me. Oh my God. God, I thank you for rescuing me that, that, that you didn't let me take that job. You didn't let me move. You didn't let this happen. That That is what he's looking for. He's not looking for, oh my God, I always got to obey God and I always end up short. I can't believe this. Oh my God, I'm going to do it, God. But you know, my, he's not looking for that. He's not looking for uh, the tantrum of a child who's just being compliant. He is looking for mature believers who can see beyond their current desire and say, wait, my father who loves me so much sent his only begotten son to die for me that if he says to me, this is not the job for you, all I can do is worship him and thank him for rescuing me for what clearly was going to not be my best thing. Now, this is so good. Romans 12 and 2, it tells us what? To be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You have just given us a key to renew our mind regarding obedience. That when God says no about something, or when God asks us to do something that we don't want to do, that we begin to worship him. And why is this so important, guys? We become like the one we worship. Mm -hmm. So we, he's saying, Pastor Edwin, man, you and, and it hasn't all, and I'll be I can tell anybody because we're pretty transparent here on this broadcast. That has not always been where my heart was. But the more I've studied about obedience, the more I've studied about, about living for God, and I ain't talking about just not sinning, I'm talking about truly living a life that is dedicated to God. That's the thing he said to me. He said, Every time I say no to you, worship me. Worship, let, let my nose be worshiped for you because you know that my nose is a rescue. Anytime God, any you think about it, anytime God has told you no about anything in your life, if you live long enough, you can look back and we always say hindsight's 2020. God was rescuing us when we didn't even know we needed to be rescued. And so when God says no, it's an opportunity to truly worship him because we know that God, the Bible even says it like this, no good thing. Will he withhold from them that walk upright? He said, So if you're walking upright with me, why would I tell you no if what if, if what you're trying to get into was good? No, it's you, not good for you. You come out the gate teaching. This is what I want you to do. If you're on your phone, you have the ability to. I want you to put a key here because that right there was a key. What would you write? Some of you may be in situations right now where there are people that God doesn't want you with, their jobs God doesn't want you with. That for some of you, it may be saying yes. What if we just took 13 seconds right now and you just begin to rescue, thank, you just begin to praise God and worship God that he would rescue you. You just begin to say, I thank you that you have demonstrated your love for me through Jesus on the cross. And so while I may think I really want this or while I may not understand why you want me to do this or why it may seem unfair, I remember how good you are. You have already proven you are worthy of my obedience. My obedience is the least that I can give to you. And so I give it to you willingly, willingly. and obedient. Yes. You don't have to force me to obey. I don't have to end up in a pit to obey. You don't have to close every door for me to obey. It is my good pleasure to obey you 
What if that became your heart position? Put it in the comments. Like, think about this. You don't have to force me to obey. I don't have to let the devil beat the heck out of me before I obey. You have demonstrated your love for me. You are worthy of my obedience. I heard the Lord say to me personally one time, and I'm not saying this is scripture or this is for everybody else, but he told me, he said that I could judge my level of maturity by if my worship was the same when he said yes or no. Mm, come on. He said, he said, I'll, you mm. can, he, he said, for you yourself, he was talking to me. If this, if this works for you, that works for you. But he told me, he said, I can judge my level of maturity by how my worship is. Is my worship the same when he says yes? Or is my worship the same when he says no? Because you know we'll worship God on the yes. Baby, yes. We will worship God on the yes. But when God says no, does my worship match that? So what you're saying to me is that God is looking for people that can worship the same way when he says. Yes, it's your job. Yes, it's your job. Or no, it's your job. Or no, it's not your job. Yep, the same way. That when he says no, you close the door and don't start going, God don't really love me. God is trying to keep good or stuff having from those me. Thoughts, I don't know if serving God is really in my best interest long term. You know, I mean, it, when you can get rid of that and when you can begin to have your worship be the same for God's yes and the same for God's no. He said, now you are developing and maturing from a child to a son. Now, I love what Minister Shonda said. She said, oh, we're growing up today. Y'all go ahead and put grow up in the comments. Go ahead and put grow up in the comments. Because if you think about this, those of us who have kids, do we not expect to see them grow up and you mature? Do. You do. do. We do not expect our um our 13-year-old to act like our three-year-old. We don't act, we don't expect our 23-year-old to act like our 13-year-old. Many of us have been in the kingdom for decades, but we're still throwing temper tantrums when God says no or when God commands us because it's not always the no to the job. It's God asks you to do something, pray for somebody, sure. forgive somebody, sure. step up into another level of ministry, and you're and you're literally throwing a temper tantrum. And I hope the thing that we really get out of this first lesson right here is we're done with the temper tantrums. We are growing up because he is worthy of our obedience. And I want to keep emphasizing that he's worthy of our obedience. It's like this. We've been married almost 28 years. Mm -hmm. On Saturday, it will be 28 years. Yep. And I was thinking about how even though the truth of it is, in our whole marriage, I can count the number of things that you have explicitly told me to do. Right. I can count the number of times. You pretty much like, I trust that you hear God. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. But there have been a few times where you said to me, Sean, I need you to do it this way. And you have proven more and more and more that you never tell me anything, anything for my that's against my best interest. Mm -hmm. Right now, you're not even perfect. Right. Well, you're pretty close, right. but you're not, not even perfect. I'm right. Not perfect at all. And so if I can follow you, if we can follow jobs. If we can, those of you who were in the military are in the military, if you can follow people who are fallible, how are we so comfortable treating God as though he doesn't deserve our obedience? And that really is a heart issue. Well, you said something when we first got started. You said that obedience was God's love language. It is. And the truth of the matter is when, when you can love someone 
um, and not understand their love language and be trying to show them love and it doesn't show up that way, right? Mm, that's good. It doesn't show that's up good. that way. If you if you words of affirmation and, and acts of service is low on your list, and every time I'm trying to show you love, I'm 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 folding the clothes, or I'm cooking you something to eat, or I'm washing your car, I'm putting gas in your car, or I'm going to the to the cleaners for you. Those are nice things, but that doesn't resonate as love to you, right? And so I think what we do sometimes is we go, you know what? We don't understand God's love language, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to give whatever I want to give. I'm going to be a giver. Yeah. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to fast. And all those things are good. All those things are right. But God's love language is obedience. If you want, if you, it's, if, if you want to express to God how much you love him, if you want to stay in this place called love, it is really about keeping the commands, and I don't say commandments, the commands, because that's whatever God speaks to us, the commands that he tells us to do. And, and it's so important that he actually says it in his word. If you look at John 15 and 10, and we talked about this when we were teaching on lifestyle of righteousness, he says, literally, if you keep my commands, right, he says, you will remain where? In, in my love. love. And he says, I'm not asking you to do something that I myself haven't done. Just he says, says, just as I have kept my father's commands and I do what? Remain in his love. He says, so the key to this connection between me and you and the father is that we obey and we follow the love language that's been outlined, which is the commands that I give you, follow them. And don't just follow them out of compliance. Let it, let it resonate with your heart because you know I withhold no good thing from you. You know that I came and I died on the cross. I bared all of the sins of the world so that you never had to pay the price that you could never pay. It's like literally, listen to me. If you keep my commands, you will remain right here in my love. And in the love of the Father, in the love of Jesus Christ is where we literally receive the answer to everything that we need. No, but when you were saying that, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. Jesus did the thing we couldn't do. Yes. He redeemed us. He redeemed us. So we can do the thing we can do, which is obey. Which is obey. He did the thing we couldn't do. Yeah. We could never redeem ourselves. So we could do the thing we can do, yeah. which is obey. We couldn't redeem ourselves, but we can obey. I need all of y'all to put in the comments. I can obey. I can obey. I can obey. Now, I want to circle back to something you said because you said, you know, obedience is God's love language. And we're talking about the love language and how sometimes we give to somebody something they don't want. Yeah. We give to them something that they don't want. Now, when you were saying somebody may be thinking, well, how could worship not be the thing that God told me to do? Or how could giving not be the thing that God told me to do? Well, in Matthew, there's a, a pretty clear example of this where he says, if you get ready to bring your offering and you know you have offense against somebody, don't bring me that offering until you go fix that yeah. offense. Now, what we'll do is go, oh, well, I'm going to give extra to the scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. No, I told you to apologize to your husband, mm -hmm. not give me extra. And I think what we can do is we can take the things we know to do. So, for example, God told you to go witness to somebody. So you say, I'm going to listen to one more message. Right. I want us to understand we can be doing these religious things that are actually good, but they're not God. 
if he's told us to do something else. Yeah, and we're going to dig into this a little later. Yeah. Uh, what part of your reading assignment for this week? We're going to talk about First Samuel, the fifteenth chapter, and it is it is an illustration of everything you were just talking about there. The thing that we have to remember, though, is when we begin to talk about obedience, and I know I keep stressing this, it's about a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Because what obedience does is it's not, it not only is a way for us to worship God, but it is also the way that we get closer to God. Yes. People say, you know, we sing songs about being closer to God, and, and, and that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're not going to get closer to God just because you give more. You're not going to get close to God just because you spend more time praying. You really and honestly get close to God. Watch, watch this. When you obey God, you know why? Because when you obey God, you start to learn more about him. You start to learn. You know, we talk about the, the, the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, which is God's ways of thinking and doing things. Right. And, and, and the way that you get closer to that is, is through obedience. The things that you learn. And, and we know that the Bible tells us in Hebrews that even Jesus had to learn obedience. He had to learn obedience. Now, now when, and, I, and I was thinking about this because it's not that Jesus didn't know how to obey because he was 100% God. He was also 100% man. So what he did in that moment is he stripped himself literally of his deity so that he could show up in his humanity to show us that it's possible to learn obedience. It is possible to learn. He obedience. came to be a picture for us. He stripped himself of his deity, showed up in his humanity, and was like, "Look, you can learn to obey. You can. I, I'm showing you how to do this. And I am getting rid of the number one reason you can't obey, which is that you are under the kingdom of Satan. Yes. I'm bringing you to in my kingdom, and I'm giving you my spirit, which is the next scripture we're going to look at. I'm giving you my spirit Absolutely. to empower you to Absolutely. obey. Obey, right? Absolutely. Man, this is so good. Is this good to y'all? Listen, I see so many people who are so frustrated in life and they're so good at making declarations and they're so good at saying I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. But if you really get to talking to them, you will see that literally they are. And hear me. Everybody misses the mark. Sure. Everybody misses the mark. But you can't build a house on disobedience lane and expect packages of blessing to be delivered. Amen. You cannot build a house on disobedience lane, disobedience cul-de-sac, rebellion code, and expect blessings to overtake you. It's just simply not going to happen. It's not. And it's not because God doesn't love you. It is because you have chosen to build a home. It is, you have chosen to build a home where God has never called you to live. Absolutely. Now, anybody who has kids understands yep. this. Any good parents out there, you you want to give your kids everything. We were talking when we were walking the other day. We literally want to give our kids everything. But there are things that we have had to withhold from our children because they built a house on disobedience yeah. row. Yeah. Not that they just missed the mark. It was that they made a practice of missing the mark. Now, if you had a kid that was constantly getting DWIs, you would be a fool to go and buy them a brand new car. Absolutely. You would not be a good parent. And I think some of it is, is that when we have an unrenewed mind, we think we call good what God doesn't call good. Mm -hmm. Now in the natural, nobody would, we, we would, we just, you just wouldn't give your kid who's out here drinking a brand new car. Tell him, I hope by giving him this car, I'm going to teach him that he should live better. You would say, no, I expect you to demonstrate to me 
that you can stop drinking and driving before I will ever release my resources to you. Well, the, the scripture doesn't say no good thing will he withhold from them. Well, it says no good thing will withhold well, from them that, them, them that, that, them that, them that walk upright. So if 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 you're not walking upright, uh, it's it's kind of silly to have an expectation to receive all of these things you're asking for from your heavenly Father. You know, and it's not a quid pro. Say that again. It's not a quid pro quo. It's not like I do something, he do something. He literally has set a system in place that says, here are the guidelines. Here are the guidelines for this system, and this is how it works. Seed time and harvest. It works for it. It, it works. It it's works for everybody. And so this system of obedience, this system of obeying and staying in God's love is a system. And if you begin to join yourself with that system and you begin to live in the guidelines of that system, then, then yes, there are natural consequences. And I use that word consequences that show up in that system. What's the consequence of obedience? Abundance. Amen. <laughs> it's a consequence. Amen. Right. Peace. I obey. Peace. We used to say all the time on the other side of obedience is what? Provision. Provision. So when you obey God, the things that you need uh, to, 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 walk, to walk out your vision, the pro for it, the provision is on the other side of that obedience. That's so and, good. and it's important. And the other thing is that, you know, when we talk about obedience, it really is a means by which God uses to prepare us and to lead us for what's coming. A lot of times, you know, you can obey God um, in the month of January about something and, and it doesn't show up until August. Facts. It didn't show up to Facts. August why you should have obeyed in January. Facts. God doesn't always come down and say, if you obey me today, a year from now, this is going to happen. That, that our walk of obedience is always a leading. It's a leading. That's and good. it leads it's us to the place that when things come our way, God has already provided for our ability to either step over, around, uh, under whatever that obstacle is, we, we, we walk smooth by it because we've been obeying before. So God is so gracious to us yes. that he sets a chart out. He sets a course out for us to live our best life. He then gives us his spirit so we can have an internal GPS telling yes. us where to go. Yes. And then because he doesn't want us to worry, he doesn't tell us about all the landmines and grenades that are in front of us. He just says, walk this way. Take this step. Take this step. And when we take this step, we end up in places without the scars. See, part of the, you know, you, we used to say this a long time ago. There is a tremendous testimony in saying, God heal me. Mm -hmm. It is also a testimony to say, I ain't never been sick. You can have the, all your testimonies don't have to be, I got these scars and God healed them. Some of our testimonies, and especially as we grow in him, our testimony should be, baby, we sidestepped sidestepped all that trouble. We heard God, we obeyed God, and we sidestepped all that trouble. God is so good to us. He doesn't want us to have all those battle wounds. Well, in in the natural, you can see this, right? Because sometimes when when there's snow or ice on the ground and we're going somewhere and I'm with you or I'm with our kids, I'll have I'll hold y'all hand or have somebody hold on to my arm and I'll say to you, just step where I step. Yep. Just step where I step. I'll, such a good I'll, I'll take a step. And if and when I when I when my foot comes out of that place, you step right where I step. That way you don't slip. And that's literally what God is doing for that's us. So He's walking with us. He's saying, just step where I step. 
Just step where I step. You ain't got to step to the left. You ain't got to step to the right. You ain't got to try to try to clear your own path. Just step where God steps. But how do I step where God steps? I have to be willing and, and obedient. obedient. And one of the things that God gives you, which is why you don't just want a preacher, you want pastors, right? Is that one of the ways that God helps you know where to step is that he gives you pastors mm -hmm. after his own heart. And I posted the other day, I was like, I see so many people who listen to so many preachers, but you don't have a shepherd. Mm -hmm. You listen to preachers are not motivational speakers. The job of this gospel is to show you where to step. And so if you you can come here and give hearts all day, you can give fire and you can give keys. And you can but jump if, on the next broadcast and the, and next, the next broadcast and somebody else and do it all over again. But who is shepherding you? But who's shepherding you? And you know whether we can shepherd you by whether you follow instructions. Yeah. And 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 this and because of the heart of God, there are ways. So let's go back to your illustration about you put taking a step because you're in front of me and you literally do this all the time, especially if there's snow and ice. You'll say, Sean, I'm gonna step here. You step right behind me, yeah. right? Because you're in front of me, you can see what I can't see. Mm. My job is to look at you. Your job is to look ahead. So God, even though, yes, we're all human beings, we're all adults, God literally says, I'm going to give you pastors that are going to go first. Mm. They're going to follow me. They're going to go first. So when they say, here's what we're doing for 2022, you just walk behind them. And if you walk behind them, I'm leading them. They're clearing the path. You're stepping in the path. And here's the thing. And that's the key. It's not just about the step. Literally, God has cleared the path. Yes. So I'm not just following him. I'm following the clear path he's made for me. Because Chris, Pastor Chris said, I even I even step into his footstep step because he already broke up the yeah. hard part, yeah. right? Yeah. He already broke up the hard part. Listen, let's look at John 14. Are y'all getting something from this? Are you making a decision? And when you get revelation, I either want you to drop a key today or I want you to say, I'm choosing to obey because this is you making a choice to grow up and to step into a greater level of obedience with God so you can experience a a greater level of provision. And listen, if you haven't, you need to get your Bible out. You need to mark this up. We're going to be yes. reading out of the Amplified Bible because it helps to, to illustrate some things for you. But you really need to look. You know, we're going to be here for a couple of weeks. These may be the only two or three scriptures we talk about today. But this is so important because Pastor has been saying it like two or three times. And now we're here. Not only does God ask us to obey, but he has literally given us as born again believers an internal GPS system to help us. He sent us the helper so that we can so that when we don't know how to obey, when our flesh desires not to obey, we have an internal fortitude. That, that thing that Pastor Raph talked about, the perseverance, right? We, we can we can persevere because we know that we have something internal that's helping us. We're not alone. We're not alone in our obedience. That's so good. I was thinking about this while you were um, talking, when you were using that illustration about the snow, because I think it's it's such a good visual that people can see. If we're if if I'm honest, there have been times that you have been trying to tell me to follow you in the snow, and I wanted to walk beside, beside you. Yeah, I wanted to walk beside yep. you, and so like we were coming down that mountain. 
<laughs> Tell your own story. No, I'm just joking. But like, um, you would you would say walk behind me. Mm -hmm. And step where I, I step. Step where I, I step. step where I step. You say step where I step. And then I would say, no, I got it. Mm -hmm. No, I got it. And then, no, Kim Dennis. See, wives probably really can relate to this. You say step where I step, and I go, no, I got it. I I, I, I can see too. And baby, can I tell y'all I don't have it? I wish somebody else would just tell I don't have it. And then what ends up happening is, is that when I could have just walked in the step that you step, but I got to be out here charting my own path. I got to be making my own footsteps. And now I'm about to slip and slide and you done had to grab me and pull me out here. I done got exposure. My back done got a lot of alignment. Always, I almost slipping. When all I had to do was follow the instruction. I'm going to get, you don't know this story. I got a really fast car. My car is actually faster than Pastor Edwin's truck. Yeah. And the other week we were leaving home from church and we had both driven. And I was going to pass you at one point, right? Mm. And the Holy Spirit literally said to me, learn how to keep his pace. Mm. He said, if you keep his pace, you will be safe. Mm. I ain't tell you because I ain't want you to be doing all that right there. I ain't want you. I ain't want. I ain't want to be hearing all that. But are you keeping pace with the Holy Spirit? Mm. What about understand that when God says don't move yet, that's about keeping pace. Yeah. When God says stay at that job and 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 submit to authority, that's about keeping pace. It's funny because you know whenever and I don't know how many people watch NASCAR or different things, but in NASCAR they have something called the pace card. The pace car. And the pace car is designed to set the race up for success. No one passes the pace car. Even though those cars go 240, 250 miles an hour, nobody passes the pace car. The pace car has a job. And the pace car's job is to set the course of the race. Once the pace car has done its job, it moves and everybody's free to go. You need to learn to let Holy Spirit be your pace car. When, when, Listen, when it, Holy Spirit says go, now you can go. But as long as Holy Spirit is, is telling you to wait, hold on, walk with me, follow this, learn to stay behind the pace card. Learn to stay. That's that's a word you might want to go ahead and sow into. That's a good word right there. And, and I think I love what you said here because there are times in our relationship because we're wired so different, we are. right? And everybody who knows me from Inner Circle knows that I'm a build a plane while you flying kind of girl. I'm like, I actually oh. jump up in the air and start building as, as you know. No, facts, facts, <laughs> facts. But there have been moments that have literally changed the trajectory of my business because the Holy Spirit would say, You need to listen to Edwin on this one. I know you feel like he is going too slow. And how many times have I just watched that if I will, because let me just talk about me because maybe this will help some of you guys. I am a very intuitive person. Mm -hmm. I'm either going to do something or I'm not going to do something. In an instant, I can feel for whether something is right, whether something is not right, right? I had to learn that even when I had a big vision that I needed to bring that to you because number one, you love me and you only want what's best for me. Yep. And number two, you have a set of skills that I don't have. 
And so, so many times you have navigated me through. Now, here's the deal. I'd have pulled it off. I pretty much always pull it off, right? But I pulled off some things with some scars because I wouldn't let you set the pace for me. And so, and I'm just challenging you guys, this word about letting Holy Spirit be the pace car. And let me tell you something. If you are a part of this church, it's the Holy Spirit, and we're a part of your pace car too. Yeah, we're a part of your pace car. So hear me. So when we say this is the season of great progress. Because what you don't see is you don't see sheep running way ahead of their shepherd. Well. And the reason is, is because it's the shepherd's job to protect the sheep. Well, the shepherd can't protect the sheep if they're two, three miles ahead of him. And I, and I, and I don't mean like ahead of him in the sense that, that, that they're doing better. I mean, they just don't want it all. They just they're doing their own thing. Do you they're know not with the group? Do you know who do go ahead of the shepherd? Goats. Goats. And the Bible says there's mm -hmm. a difference between are you mm -hmm. a sheep or are you a goat, yeah. right? Goats do. Goats kind of like we gonna go over here, we go eat what we want to eat. We're gonna we're we gonna bump into stuff when we want to, we go knock it over. Listen, I really want listen, one of the things I want you guys to understand, we do not want to control you mm -hmm. we have no we don't have the time we don't have the time to <laughs> or control the inclination because we is out here trying to live our best life so when we're giving instructions like attend all the services if you're available if you can now sometimes if you would job like we got virtual partners who, sure, who sure. fly who travel you may not be you you may not be able to but do that's that. why they're recorded but that's why they're recorded so right you can go back and watch because you as pastor Ralph says you're still responsible for that word you're still responsible but here's the question i want to ask you if you can believe us when we tell you it's your season to prosper why don't you believe us when we tell you it's not your season to date? Right. If you can hear us when we say someone's going to favor you this week, why don't you believe us when we say it's time to sow a sacrificial seed? Mm. Why can you believe us when we say it's the time for great progress? You're talking right. But you can't hear us when right. we say everybody should fast from Monday at 8 p.m. until after prayer. How you got to stop and ask yourself, are you living as a, are you really called a sheep acting like a goat wondering why you getting so having so many problems in your life? Mm. Because if you can only hear the Holy Spirit mm. and you can only hear us when we're telling you what you want to hear, then what ends up happening is that you run ahead. And you get, I, I'm just going to say it like the old people say, hard head, make a soft behind. You got all of these battle wounds. And then you're like, why am I out here? Does nobody care? And literally the shepherd said, hold up. There have been, I love what Chris said. I want to be shepherd. I want to be shepherd. Yeah. Like, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm a sheep and I want yeah. to be shepherd. I am a fully capable, intelligent, articulate woman. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And there are times when the, uh, the Lord is like, run that by Edwin first. Yeah. And if he say, don't move on that yet, don't move on that. You saved me money. You saved me trouble. There have been relationships with people where you literally just in kind of passing by, you say, hey, I want you to watch them right there. Listen, you got to learn that when God, when God, whether God speaks to you directly, mm -hmm. whether God speaks to you through the fivefold ministry or other people you trust. And let me parenthetically insert this right here. This is why you don't need carnal, stupid friends.
You don't need carnal, stupid friends because you need people who have the ability to hear God to help you see what you can't see. Our job, and I, I, let me just say this one thing and then you can go to the scripture. The Bible tells us that those who teach are held to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. The Bible also tells us that those who teach and lead are going to give an account to God. Here is what you can bet your life on. We are so aware of the fact that we will give an account for the instruction and wisdom that we give you. Yep. We are never going to tell you something that benefits us. Yeah. We are going to tell you what we believe. It don't mean that we always 100% right. But let me tell you what I know for a fact. And this is what people don't understand about honor. This is how this is a story from Dr. Fred Price. Dr. Fred Price had a spiritual son. That spiritual son wanted to start a church. Mm -hmm. He came to Dr. Fred Price. Dr. Fred Price said, it's not time yet. I think he came back three more times before Dr. Price. And it was over, it wasn't just like it, three times in a month. He came back over a series of years. Over a series of years before Dr. Fred Price released him, right? And then when Dr. Fred Price released him, um, he ended up having this supernatural, amazing ministry. But here was the thing. I heard him talk one time and he talked about how so many people tried to get him to come from under leadership. Well, you've been serving there all that time. He you did, a man just, just like he, he just holding you back. <clears throat> but let me tell you what I know. Even if we are wrong, hear me, hear what I'm about to say. I'm not talking about sin. Even if we're wrong about the timing, God will make it right because of your honor. Yep. Did, did you hear what I just said? Even if we're wrong about the timing, God honors honor. So if you say, I believe these are the voices you have given me to, to direct my path. And they say now is the time to move forward. Even if it wasn't the time because we believed it was the time and you follow after us as we believe we were following God, God is going on and on. Yeah, God and he honor. will make it right for you. And some of you don't realize that the test that you keep failing is the test of leadership. Yeah. It's not that you, it's the test of leadership. You will literally pray about something, ask God for instruction, we will teach about it. Pastor Ralph will teach about it and you will still refuse to do it. And then you wonder why you're in the same situation. Yeah. God honors honor. God honors honor. He honors honor. And obedience will produce honor yes, in you. It does. Obedience produces honor. That is the reason it keeps you in God's love. It keeps, it keeps you in a place of honor. In God's love is a place of honor. He says, if you will keep my commands, you will remain in my love. You will remain in my love. You will love. remain in a state to always display honor. God, Jesus honored God so much, he was willing to be tormented on the cross. Yeah. He asked the father, is there another way? Is there another way? Because if there's another way, I would prefer that other way. I would way. prefer that other but way. once the father said, this is the way, he honored God. He honored his, that. He, the Bible says even his obedience to the cross. Even his obedience to the cross. Say, I choose to honor God with I my obedience. I choose to honor God with my obedience. I choose to honor God with my obedience. That means my head and my heart are going to be connected to God's yes and to God's no equally. 
connected. Connected to God's yes connected. and his no equally. Connected. Whatever God says, I'm worshiping it. Connected. I, I see it as I see it as good for me. Could you just take another second, take another few seconds and just worship God for the instructions that he gives you over your life? Well, worship God because he's so patient with us. Because as I was reading over these notes, I thought, my God, how many things has God had to say yeah. to me repeatedly? I'm telling you, the next several weeks are going to be important. You ought to go ahead and, and I know we've got those four commitments. Two of those is reading God's word daily and not missing a service. You need to dig into those two. The next several weeks, you ought to just dig into those two, because I believe that everything we've been talking about, this living the resurrected life and living a lifestyle of righteousness, all of that kind of gave us an, a foundation Agreed. to be Agreed. able to say, OK, now, what does it mean to live biblically obedient? What does that look like? How, how do I frame it? Because I know I'm completing Christ. So so I don't have anything in me that's telling me that I can't do this. You know, I know that I need to 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 to, to focus on, on on throne room realities, right? I I know I need to think about my mental state and how I'm functioning. I've got all that taken care of. So now obedience ought to be this easy thing for me. Ob, what if we begin to make that confession? Yes, obedience is an easy thing for me because I want to obey God. Obedience is. There's easy. about eighty people, but fifty of y'all at least. Like, no, obedience. <laughs> It's easy mind. for me. Obedience is easy for me. Yeah. I want to yeah, obey God. He has, what'd you say, buddy? No, I just said it's really oh, good. I'm no, just, obedience so is easy me. for me. I want to obey God. He has proven that he is. I, I said to somebody the other day, I said, Have you ever made a mistake? They were like, Yeah. Has God ever made a mistake? No. If you got to choose which one of y'all to go with, really, you ain't even got to be that smart to figure it out. You know, I think that's as, that is important as when we used to say, and we still say, we don't say this often collectively. We used to say all the time that God is not a hard taskmaster. God is not a hard taskmaster. And that, that to me was, was the catalyst for me understanding how easy it was to obey God. How easy it was to switch. You know, we talk about I only love what God loves. I hate what God hates. That, that, that is how you that's how you make that switch when you're like, you know what? Number one, God's not a hard taskmaster. If God's not a hard taskmaster, then obedience is easy for me. If obedience is easy for me, then it's easy for me to stay in God's love. If it's easy for me to stay in God's love, it's easy for me to honor God. It's easy for me to honor God. So therefore, whatever God asks me to do, I can do it with joy. And it, and it literally changes that, that that Romans 12 into the trans, the renewing of your mind. That you is how you it. renew your mind. You, you renew your mind by having different conversations internally. And that is that whole idea again of, you know what? God's not a hard taskmaster. Because God's not a hard taskmaster, it is easy for me to obey God. I want to do what pleases God. I get to do what. No, hold on. In, in all of my humanity, the one thing I get to give to God is my obedience. And I think this is so important because anybody we love, it, it, listen, we know this. Anybody we, you love and not trying to just use. Yeah, I don't think you. You, I don't think you love them if right. you're trying to you use them, right? right? Right. But I'm saying anybody you love, you want to please. All you got to do is be self-reflective. So the question is really not whether people love God or not. 
it, it, it's really whether you love God or not, because anybody you love, you want to please. Well, Pastor, how do I know if I love God? John, we just read it earlier. 15. He said, what? If you love me? He said, if. If, so the conditional no, statement is if. Which means you could not. You could not. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commandments as I have kept yep. the Father's commandments. It's just like me saying, if I if if you say, if you love me, don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. And I go, well, I love you, but I'm gonna have a boyfriend. Man, that ain't love. You, you know, and you know what? And you need to deal with it because I'm just human. Yeah. Man, come on, God. It's not that we don't understand this. We do understand yeah. it. It needs to be applied to our God. I want to shout out this because this is about if if you if a person really loves me, he will keep my words. When we begin to come to combine love, obedience, and honor all under the same umbrella. The other day there was a young lady, and I want to shout her out. She had got upset on Facebook, and baby, she had gone off on somebody. She was big man and she's a partner here at the ministry i'm not gonna call her name but if you was her friend you probably saw it when i saw it i went man this young lady just told me the other day that she really want to live for the lord i'm gonna send her a message i send her a message and i say hey sweetie i just read your post i can tell that you really upset i said and i think that you consider me your pastor and I know you told me that you wanted to honor God. Now, I can see how you got triggered because all of these events took place. But can I ask you a question? Do you care more about going off or honoring God? I said, if you care more about honoring God, what should you do with the post? I could tell she read it. It took her about 15 minutes. She came back and she said, thank you for caring enough to tell me I wasn't living in my commitment. Do we allow people to tell us, have, it, it, have we made it so clear to people in our lives that we want to obey God, that if you would see me not obeying God, you wouldn't just say, child gone, that's just how Sean get it. Then literally you would say, no, I gotta say something to her because she has told me that that's important to her. Do your people even know obeying God is important to you? Have you even put yourself, if somebody corrected you about a Facebook post, if your husband corrected you about a joke or your wife corrected you about a joke, is your heart so to obey God that somebody could give you instruction? Because it may not always be the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you because sometimes you can't hear him because you done got so worked up and turned his voice down. So he uses someone externally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You gotta be able to I mean it's easy to obey something. It's to obey anybody when it's something you wanted to do. The hard part is when you learn to have to obey and take correction when it's not something you want to do. You know, and, and I don't care how right I felt I, I felt I was, if if I'm talking to my spiritual father, my spiritual mother, and they're telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Even if internally I'm feeling different about it, I'm going to humble myself and listen because that's the place where I say I'm called to. So if I say I'm called to it, I'm not going to be dishonorable to it. And that's the thing that I tell people all the time. People are like, hey, pastor, hey, pastor, I don't know if I'm your pastor. And I'll be honest with you. And I know that's me sound rude to some people. I ain't, I ain't everybody's pastor. How do I know? Because when I tell you something, you don't, you, you don't listen. So I'm strict to you. So, so, so I can be strict to you or I can be your pastor, or I can be your spiritual father. All of those things have levels to them. And that's why I, I say, and I, and I don't say it to hurt people's feelings, 
I'm not your pastor. I'm not your spiritual father. And I know that because of your behavior. You know, my spiritual father, if he tells me something, I'm going to listen because I believe that's where God has called me. It's also where I have made my commitment to. And if I've made my commitment there, I know that he has what he has for his, he has for me, my best interest. And so therefore, just because I don't see it the way he see it, I ain't throwing him away. So, you know. I said the other day, I say it's a lot of people call me mom. Hey, mom. I, listen, I, I I know I ain't your mom because you don't follow no instructions. I know I'm not your pastor. I I'm know your, I'm not I, your I'm coach. your hype man. I'm the person you call when you want someone to hype you. But the moment I'm not hyping you, then you got to go. You got to do something else. I don't see you no more. So, you know, and that's okay. But we're talking about you shouldn't treat God that way. Because however you treat your pastors is probably how you treat God. Well, actually, I'm going to say it's not okay because if God has thought enough for you to yeah, give you pastors, I don't mean okay. I'm saying yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hinder me. It hinders you. You let me just say this: you cannot obey God without also obeying people. Yeah, there are some people. If you belong to God, there are some people God has called you to obey. Yeah. One of my one of my this ooh this is one of my my two biggest stories of correction come from Pastor Tony. Me and if you ever been around me and Pastor Rick, we like. We be talking and picking at each other and stuff. And we was riding in the car with him and mom one day. And he didn't like how I said something to you. And in my mind, I said something to you the same way you said something to me. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And we were driving in, in that car. You so shady. <laughs> you so shady. Tell him how you got in trouble. Can y'all pray for me? Tell him how dad got on to you. <laughs> You start the story. Go ahead. <laughs> I start story, but I ain't need your cosign. Oh, okay. I literally just made a whole big comment over there, and all you said at the end was okay. You asked no, me. literally, all you said was okay. Now I'm trying to tell my story, and you all up in I it. said okay because I was thinking, yes, I believe everything you said is true. I didn't add the other part, which is just because somebody say something to me doesn't mean I take what they say as gospel. If you don't have a track record of following God and hearing from God, I, I may or may not take what you're saying. And so I get what you're saying, but I didn't need to say that, so I just said okay. But you did just say but it did you did just say it because it's true yeah okay anyway so we riding in the car we riding in dad black range rover i'll never forget it and we picking back and forth each other and past tony say daughter daughter i don't like how you said that to him mm -hmm. i was like like i've been telling you <laughs> oh y'all i was so upset. I got all water. I, I was crying. <laughs> I was crying because I was like, how could you hear us going back and forth and not tell him? He said, daughter, I don't like how you said that to him. Don't say that again. Oh, y'all, I could have got out and walked the rest of the way. I could have got you know where he I, was. I didn't even know where I could have walked the rest of the way. But that was later on going to help us because one time Pastor Elwood got real mad at me because he's petty and he a grudge holder, but we believe God for his life. And he got so mad at me, y'all, that he would not talk to me all the way back from Dallas. He was so mad at me, right? So It's only five hours. <laughs> see, y'all see what I mean? So anyway, he's so mad at me, he called Pastor Tony on me. And uh, he tell Pastor Tony, 
when Pastor Tony talked to him, he called me. He said, um, daughter, tell me what happened. I tell him what happened. And he says, all right, let me pray about it. And I'm going to call you back. The next day he calls me back and he says, you need to apologize to Edwin. Yep. I was like, why, Dad? Why do I need to apologize? And he said, because when I'm talking to him, you're he's really upset. When I'm talking to you, you laughing. He says, live by this rule. When it means more to him than to you, apologize. Mm -hmm. So I apologize to you. And it became a rule, not in just our, for you, yes. but it became a rule in our relationship. I'm really. so glad you didn't say something petty because it no, did become no, a rule It became for us. a rule in our relationship that, listen, if this is really concerning to you and it's not that concerning to me, then I can, I can apologize for that. You know, even if, because it's not about, and we say all the time, it's not about uh, what impact. It's, it's not about intent. It's about impact, right? And so so it did. It became a rule. Uh, but those are two two times that I distinctly remember you getting in trouble though. So, yeah. I bet he don't remember none times he got in trouble, but that's fine. I'm going to let him tell his own story. But the point is, is that we are grown, five kids, married, and today they can instruct us and correct us. Yeah, absolutely. And today they can instruct us, they can correct us, and let me tell you something else. They can also change our plans. Yeah. They can change our plans. My spiritual mother called me earlier this year, I was about to teach my own class and she said, I need you. You know what? My class became something that could be modified because she said that she needed something mm -hmm. for me. And I think that part of the problem in these spiritual parenting and pastor relationships is that people want pastors that are always available and will move their schedule for them. And they want a God who will do the same thing, mm, but that's on. not what they do. Come on. So they want, if they're in crisis, yep. they don't care if you're on vacation. They don't care if you're out to dinner. They want you to stop and respond. Yep. They, if, if they get in financial trouble, they want God to stop and respond. But and it doesn't matter that God told them to do 20 things. And it doesn't matter that their pastor asked them to come to prayer, asked them to fast, asked them to sow sacrificially. They're not interested in that. And many people do not realize that globally, I'm just going to go ahead and say this since we digging up and cutting up stuff, that globally, you are parasitic in your relationships. Yeah. That globally, you are a taker in your relationships. But can I give you an example? You refuse to tithe, but when you get in trouble, you want the church to help you. Mm. You're parasitic in your relationships. Mm. You refuse to come to prayer, but when someone in your family is, is sick, you expect the prayer team to stop what they're doing and call a fast yeah. for you. You are globally parasitic in your relationships. You want God to bless you on your job, but you don't want to represent him on that job. You are globally parasitic. And people who are parasitic in their relationships struggle with obedience yep. because they think the whole song is always about them. They are not. And, 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 and you can judge yourself right now. You aren't faithful until you, we, we were talking about this. There was a young lady, cause we just being transparent today. Y'all tell us what y'all getting out of this. There was this young lady who was having some trouble in the pandemic and it was legitimate trouble, right? And she would blow up my inbox. I need, I need food. I need this. I need whatever, right? And 
a couple of times we literally stopped what we were doing to get this young lady what she needed. And what would happen after she got it? She wouldn't even, I mean, well, she she wouldn't even come, she wouldn't even say thank you. She wouldn't even come back. It was and like say, she would thank you. And, and nobody needs a thank you, but you need to understand that when someone is helping you, it's just common courtesy to say thank you, especially when they stop what they're doing, you know, and they they've allowed, you know, your emergency to become theirs. And and, and not only that, but the, they didn't follow instruction though. Because the instruction was like, hey, we can give you money, but giving you money doesn't solve the problem. The things that's causing you to get in these situations needs to be fixed. You need to understand what the word of God says. And I tell people all the time, I have what I have because of God. I have what I have because of God. So if you want what I have, I have the right to tell you about God. If you want what I have. And so if you're asking the church for resources, we have the right to say, hey, we, we don't want to just give you a fish. We want to teach you how to fish. So that you can fish and then help somebody else. And she wouldn't do that. And, and, and I told you, I, 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 after a while, I was like, she's not going to do it. You know, and then she wouldn't show up. And then we, we, you would know she's going to want something because she'd show up. And it was like, see, she show up. It, but to me, that's, that's that parasitic manipulation kind of thing. All I'm saying is that if you learn to obey God, you never have to worry about being a parasite. If you learn to obey God, you never have to find yourself in that kind of relationship. All right. Well, you know what? We can pretty much go ahead and just... Let's just pull up John 15, 10, 15, 10 before we go. We can wrap up. But y'all tell us, what are you getting from this? If you keep my commands, mm -hmm. you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. That's it. There are, and I, I still feel led to say this, almost because you know I'm going to try to stay where the Lord tell me to stay because I work for him. There are those of you who don't understand why people aren't jumping to help you. And I want you to understand how God works. When you are a be young believer, there are things that God will do for you because you don't know any better. So I'm going to give you a good example. You can be a young believer. So you have, you don't know very much about tithing, but you tithe one time, you tithe $3 one time, and then the money just, seems to magically show up to pay all the bills that you didn't know how to pay. And when you are a young believer, there are lots of things that God will do for you. He will cover the gap for you because you don't know how to walk it out yourself. Mm -hmm. But as you get older in the things of God, he expects more responsibility of you. Indeed. So when you are, and some of you don't understand because when you first got saved, you seem to have all of these supernatural things happen. That's God saying, this is a baby. This baby doesn't know how to navigate faith. This baby doesn't know how to navigate giving. This baby doesn't know how. But now, just like when your baby is six months, you don't make them pick up any toys. But once that kid started walking, you make them try to take a toy back. You like, you can go over here and take this toy back. By the time they three, you like clean up, clean up. Everybody do their share. By the time they're five, six, you're not even in there with them. You like clean this room up, right? I don't think that people understand that God expects to see progression. Mm. And so when you're a young believer, you can have all of these supernatural things happen because even though you don't know a lot, your heart is to please God. But as you grow up, when your heart isn't to please God, that will cut off some of those supernatural things because now you get into hustle. 
Now you get into, oh, I figured it out. If I go to church two times and look real pitiful, somebody go slip some gas money in my hand. If I do such and such and I post on social media and say I'm, I'm about to get evicted, somebody's going to run, run and do something about it. But as you grow up, God expects your obedience to grow with your time with him. And there will be things that will not unlock for you the way that they used to unlock because you are now, you don't even realize that you're now trying to run a hustle. And we have said for years, you may hustle people, but you will never, ever hustle God. Amen. All right. So that's our teaching for today. Now, if you'd like to give your life to the Lord, because some of you may realize I didn't really give my life to the Lord. And it may be the reason that some of you struggle in Go obeying ahead. God. Because you, you haven't given your life to the because Lord. Because you haven't given your life to the Lord. You want God's stuff. You don't want God. Right. A lot of you want God's stuff. Because, I, I, can I just say this, guys? God is not obligated to bless your mess. If God tells you not to be in a relationship with somebody, and I want y'all to hear me because thank God we don't always get our consequences quickly. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody needs to say praise the Lord. But I have watched people get in relationships that God told them not to get in. Their spiritual leaders, their mama, their friends, people with wisdom told them not to get God in. himself. No, I started with yeah, God. I'm saying, no, God that, said I'm saying not that should get. be enough. For God you. said not to get, and you got in it anyway. And you thought because you had a couple of good months or years that it canceled out what God said. And the children of Israel are a great example of this. God told them, You do not want a king. You do not want a king. If you get a king, he's going to do X, Y, Z. No, we want a king. We got to have a king. So God begins to try to orchestrate what kind of king they get. But if you look at their history, they had way more kings that abused them yeah. than kings that did them right. Because they could never get away from the first word that they didn't need a king. So you will get, and, and I love what Coretta said, not just romantic relationships. Some of you are stressed out, hair falling out because you took jobs God told you not to take. You, you moved to cities God told you not to take. You got a car God told you not to get. Do you want to know the surefire way? And I'm not saying if you obey God, you'll never have any trouble. I'm saying here's the difference. When you obey God and you have trouble, the trouble is God's responsibility. If you move into a house that God told you that that's the place you're supposed to live, that's God's responsibility to keep you in that house. If you pick a house trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to flex, that's your responsibility to keep you in that house. And God is well able to take care of all of his responsibilities. And God is well able to take care of his responsibilities. Yep. So if you have things in your life that don't seem to break, you got to stop and ask, am I practicing disobedience? Am I being parasitic? Am I trying to hustle? Am I trying to give past it? We can end with what Pastor Ella said. You're trying to get the maximum from God by giving him the minimum. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to work for you. not going to work. It's not going to work for you. So listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus, go ahead and you can give your life to Jesus right now. If you want to um, rededicate your life, some of you may be thinking after this teaching, my God, I need to rededicate my life. You want to re-up on your obedience. You, you want to re-up. You want to you like, you know what? I've been slacking. I really want to hammer down this next week on obeying the things I hear God tells me. I want to practice obedience. This I week. practice obedience. Make it a lifestyle, right? 
And so if you want to do that and you're rededicating your life today, put it in the comments. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And then if you want to be a partner of this ministry, this is a great ministry because we got great partners. You do have and great so partners. we have great partners. And if you want to be a partner in this ministry, we need you to go and fill out um, the form on our web page. They're going to put it up on the screen for you. You need to go. Um, and I love what Dex just said. We must mature from God. Pull his comment back up. I thought that was a really good comment. We must mature from having God to respond to us because of mercy to God being able to respond to our obedience. Yeah. Like we don't we don't always have to get out of a ditch. Right now, it's your opportunity to give. But we're a giving church here. In fact, this is a 100 percent tithing church. And if you are part of this church, then you are a giver. You need to give her. I love Ebony said, I need to re-up. And I need, and can I just speak to some of you ladies? Can you please stop dating these dudes who taking you down through here when God done already told you? They don't even have any of the characteristics of somebody you would want to be with. Can you stop giving your heart and Lord knows your body, which should be only reserved for your husband? Can you stop giving yourself to guys who do not show they are worthy of loving you well? And the same thing for you men. Go ahead, babe. Talk to me. <laughs> same thing for you men. Quit hanging out with these women who want to <laughs> take you down through there, who don't, who don't love the Lord, and who trying to pull you away from wholesomeness. <laughs> Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. God bless. No, but I'm serious. Some of, you, some of you, every single time you begin to make progress in your walk with God, then here, here you, come a woman here, and you just let her pull here you come away. A woman. Here, here, here comes some slow footed man or woman to keep, and, 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 and you so desperate for love and affection. Sonia said, that's right, an equal opportunity. <laughs> you so desperate for love and affection that you literally will abandon all the good God is doing in your life to say you booed up with somebody. And then it just takes you back to where, I mean, literally, we've seen it happen so many times that people do that, men or women, but I, we, I'm joking around, but we do see a lot of women who do that. And, and, and you end up thinking, I guess, in your mind that you can change this guy, you know, you can make him into something. And, and the truth of the matter is he ends up pulling your environment's always working on you. So he ends up pulling you back further from God than what you were rather than you pulling him. It's like that guy said uh, the other day, which I thought was so good. He said, Jesus didn't hang out with sinners. Sinners. Sinners hung, hung out, out with Jesus. And then stopped being sinners. And stopped being sinners. He said, so don't be going to the club. Uh, taking shots for Jesus. <laughs> what do you say? You know, took nineteen, took eleven shots for Jesus. Took eleven shots for Jesus. No, Jesus, Jesus did, did not hang out, out with sinners. sinners. Sinners hung out with Jesus and then stopped being sinners and stopped being sinners. <laughs> and I'm just, I mean, guys, it it just it 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 really grieves my heart. It's so sad to me to watch people, particularly women begin to transform their lives. What did you call them yesterday? The, those what the the people who they move in with you because they don't want to work. Oh. What did you call them? <laughs> no, we were talking about ladies who let guys move in and stuff, you know. I, I it was a, it's not a real term. I said hobo, hobosexuals. They're men who just looking for a place to live. And so they do all the right things to get you to move it to so they can move in with you. 
And I just want to tell y'all this. I'm going to hip y'all on game as y'all get ready to give. Put your giving up here. I want to hip y'all on game, okay? This this just a little game. But you have to watch out for the homosexuals. No, you do have to watch out for the homosexuals. <laughs> and, and, here, and here's the thing. I want to know how you as a woman of God think you're going to be blessed shacking and fornicating anyway. Right. How do you think you're going to be blessed doing something that God told you not to do? Because you're not How, winning it. Because you're not winning it. You're not winning him. And I want to, I, I just want to hit y'all on game right here. This take this, this, this a word from the streets. Okay. If you are a Christian woman and you say you have chosen to be celibate and that dude has not also chosen to be celibate, he is counting time to see what it takes to get you to give up on your commitment to God to have sex with him. And I'm going to say what I said two weeks ago. Don't let time wear you out. <laughs> don't let time wear you out. <laughs> See, you don't even understand that when, when somebody doesn't have a heart for God and you say, I'm committed to being a celibate, they like, let me see what I got to do. How many good morning texts? How many boo? I'm just thinking about you. Hey, big head. Hey, big head. How many Olive Garden <laughs> dinners? How many cash apps for ten dollars? I because, got to see because you. the truth of the matter is, for men, men are it, hunters. It, it becomes a hunting. And men are hunters. It becomes a hunting thing now. And so when he don't love God, you become that elusive deer to the lion. Yes. <laughs> And that's why some of you, you can just go ahead and get free right now. Some of you feel so shame because as soon as you started, as the old folks say, doing it, he went on down the road because he didn't want you. He just wanted to see if he could conquer you. Well, he didn't want you. He well. wanted to conquer you. He was literally being used by the devil to see how much, how committed you were to God. Mm. Well, listen, I think that's a good place to stop I right there. I think that's a really good, that's place, a good to place to stop, stop right there. <laughs> He didn't want you, child. Mm. He he wanted it, but he didn't want you. Well, well, and and don't let time wear you out. Don't let time wear you. And out. then you sad. That's why you don't show up to Pastor Chris worship because you sad. You don't want to tell the Lord how much you love him because you don't let Jay lay up there last night. Man, listen, get Jay out your bed and out your house and and stop sexting Jay because Jay don't want you. Jay is being used by the enemy to get you to disobey God so the devil can take you down through there. And some of y'all, listen, some of y'all <laughs> is 40. How many more years you go do this? It's not like we got a church full of college students. Some of y'all is 35, 39, 37, 42, 48, and you is still letting some old dude run a hustle on you. That's instruction. Be wise. All right. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, you can join <laughs> us <laughs> each Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday of the week here at the Fellowship of Champions Church International Broadcast. <laughs> well, we love y'all, and we spent a full good 90 minutes today, and we bless y'all, and we hope y'all will just really, this is my grandma say, you ain't got to be a fool all your life. Let somebody else be a fool. Don't let the devil make a fool out of you again. How many times do a dude get to make a fool out of you? Amen. Or, or a woman. Uh, or a woman. Amen. Or a woman. <laughs> How many times somebody get to make a fool out of you before you say, you know what? This is stupid. I have been here before. I got the t-shirt and the battle wounds. I'm not going back here. If you want me, do it the right way. You want me, come meet my pastors. You want me, show up for church. You want me, then don't ask me to put myself in a compromising situation. That's true. That's real. All right. Yeah. We Amen. love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Don't forget about August 28th. Come and come join us for the huddle. Bye-bye.